Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jolies, 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 Jolie. Just leave my staff alone. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, welcome in. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from the 30th annual Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. If you are hopping in your car, you are in the area, or you are grinding out those last few minutes at work on a Friday, we are in Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B, and yes, they do have beer and alcohol. Just want to throw that out there. Right by us. Yeah, the guys at the beer stand, no Judd. Yeah, explain that. They're on a personal personal relationship. So I've seen Judd in action here, and I think the record... Judd and I used to do the the 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock show on the old 1500 ESPN. And I think Judd's record, once the mics were turned off at 1 o'clock, is 1 o'clock and 32 seconds before he had a beer in his hand. I believe it. Yeah, that's probably right. So to start, right, like, literally less than a minute before we started Score North Live, I spilled some coffee here on the stage at the golf show, and Judd was sitting on the opposite side of the stage, right where there is a a beer stand to our right here. I said, Judd, can you ask those guys if they have some napkins real quick to clean this up? And Judd walked over there, and it was like Norm from Cheers. He walked over, and they just <laughs> knew who he was. He nonchalantly grabbed the entire stack of napkins off the counter and brought them back. And I asked the guy, I said, <laughs> my buddy spilled some coffee. Can I borrow a few? And he said, just take them all since you're not coming back with more or with them. And I said, quite frankly, I will be back after I'm done <laughs> on air to drink a beer. And he's like, good. <laughs> so I, I brokered a deal there because he's going to get my money. It's just a matter of when. He's good. I mean, it'll be after 6 o'clock. And you're on a first-name basis with everybody over there. You as far as the company out. knows, it's going to be after 6 p.m. Yes. Sure, sure, sure. So we're hanging out here until 6 o'clock, at least on the microphones. The golf show will be carrying on into the night tonight and then opening in tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock and then on Sunday from 10 o'clock on going forward. And uh, we thank the fine folks at Choice Bank for helping us organize this. A couple things to mention before we dive into the show, and I have a a question for you guys off the top here. We're also going to quiz Rami and give away uh, some foursomes to Troy Byrne and a couple putters courtesy of Second Swing. But we have a 3M open ticket giveaway. You can win four tickets to Arnie's Cabin at this year's 3M Open through the Score North app. You download the app, you register the app, you register your name, I should say, and then you enter to win. It's that easy. Tickets include tournament admission for Thursday, July 23rd, access to a climate-controlled hospitality tent because it's going to be hot in July, and complimentary food and full bar. That's right. 
Arnie's Cabin tickets. You can win them by downloading the app, registering, and entering to win 3mopen.com to find out more about that at, awesome event. At the risk of sounding like a dumbass. Who's Arnie? Is that Arnold Palmer? Is that who we're talking about? You really about? don't know anything about golf. Is it Arnold dude. Palmer? Wow. I don't know. It how, could be a different Arnie. How what little do you know about golf? What's worse than so a dumbass? <laughs> what exe- hey, Jonathan, what exceeds that? I I honestly have no idea. I'm well, so I, shocked. It could I, like, be any. I don't. Wow. He's not the only Arnie. All right. Not the first ever Arnie. In sports, And by maybe. the way, actually, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hey, Ross, 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 on-air production meeting. Sir in the gray hat right here, okay? Wow. Gray hat. Did you hear what Rami just said? <laughs> so he's finding out who Arnold Palmer is <laughs> no! for the first time. No, okay? that's not what's happening. That is not what's happening So here. here's what I want to do. You seem like you're down for this. So here's what I want to do, okay? Rami, we're going we're gonna to play a game show right now, okay? Oh, we're I doing ha- this now? I happen to have a stick mic in my hand You figure we're making an right ass here. out of him. Let's just that's keep right. it going. So, Rami, um, why don't we do this? Ross, you take the stick mic, okay? What is your name, sir? Ryan? All right. We're going to play a game here called Closest to the Pin, Ryan versus Rami. Okay. Rami sure literally just admitted he doesn't know that's who Arnie is. That's not what I said. I was asking if that's the Arnie that we're talking about. Judd, what do you think? Do you think he knew who Arnold Palmer was? I know who Arnold Palmer oh, is. Yeah, he knew, but he was didn't know if it was like Arnie from Chippewa Falls, sure. who they have the room for, or Arnold Palmer, which in and of itself might be considered a little bit odd. <laughs> By the way, the drink, the Arnold Palmer, delicious. I love a good Arnold Palmer. Somebody had to have mixed that before Arnold Palmer did. I don't know how he got I it went named to after the, I went to, to the Babe Room at Yankee Stadium. Did you know that's named for Babe Ruth? What? Thanks, Judd. Really? Appreciate it. The more you the more you learn, the more you know here on I Nike went to a Babe Room that was not named after Babe Ruth. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you did in a while. waiting for that to happen. <laughs> so here's the game. This is called Closest to the Pin. It's going to be Ryan versus Rami. And up for grabs, it's going to be it's going to be Ryan's choice when he beats you. If right. he wants a foursome to Troy Byrne Ooh. or a putter courtesy of no, Second is, Swing. Is Troy right? Byrne someone I should know? Uh, a, a, a very wonderful course designer, <laughs> Rami. Okay. Yes. All, All right. right. The game is closest to the that pin. That is not on, Ross. Best two out of three. We're going to throw a question we out. you got to turn Ross's mic yeah, his on. His mic so isn't on. Oh, it's not on? No. Try that. There you go. Test it out, Roscoe. See if that thing's working now. All right. Can you hear me there now? There we go. Is. All right. Right on. There are the golden right. tones. So best two out of three. These questions have a number for an answer, and your goal is to get as close to the correct number as possible. Gotcha. All right. Is it without going over, like the price is right? You can or go just over. whoever's closest. No, nope, you can. All right. Yep, gotcha. you can go close. All right. And, Rami, you're going to go first here. Of okay? course I am, yeah. How many yards long? Oh, real quick. Ryan, how confident do you feel right now? Uh... I didn't know who Arnold Palmer was, dude. You should feel well, great. With that, I feel really confident. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How many yards long was Augusta National at last year's Masters Tournament? So the 18-hole course. The entire course. How many, how yards, many yards did it did it play? We'll start with Rami. 2,600. Okay. Ryan. Rami guesses oh, 2,600. That's so far off. I just did the math in my head again. That is way with... Can I, can I change my answer? No, you can't. All right, cool. All right. Rami's playing a par three course with the Masters. They're laughing uh, at CBS. you, not with no, you, No, they're Rami. laughing at me, Judd. That's the whole point of this. This guy just split a rib over here. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, who are these idiots? Oh, 7,200. 7,200 is amazingly close. The answer is 7,475. Ryan gets the first point cool. here on closest to the pin. Congrats, Ryan. All right, here's the next one. All this, right. is, this is for the win. All right. Tom Lehman is probably the most famous pro golfer from Minnesota. He's 60 years old now. Take your word for He's it. He's on the Champions Tour. 
How many career tournament wins on any tour has Tom Lehman racked up? Any tour. So this is the senior any tour, tour, amateur tour, tour okay. the backyard tour. How many wins? How many tournament wins does he have? Yep. Total shot in the dark, 25. Okay. Rami says 25. Closest to the pin wins. Ryan, you're Go with uh, 11. No faith in Tom Lehman. 37 there career we go. wins. There we go. Tom I know Lehman. what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what I'm doing here. We're now tied at one. Now Jeff. we're tied right. at one. Yep, that's is, a... is it best of three? It's best of three. All right. What if Rami's sandbagging us here with his golf knowledge? Maybe I'm a ringer. He wouldn't have said that about Arnie if he was sandbagging <laughs> Look, us. Again, I know who Arnold Palmer I, is. I just didn't know if that was the Arnie we were talking about. <laughs> All right. Let's go with this one. In 2000, okay, the year 2000, Tiger Woods won the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach by a record 15 shots, the most dominant victory in golf history, okay? How many total shots did Tiger Woods need to finish all four rounds? So he won by 15, but four how rounds many, how many 72 total strokes? holes. See, I know golf. Four rounds, 72 holes, 240 strokes. Okay. All right. Ryan, what do you think? Here, put your, uh, put, talk into the mic Can I take us. out my calculator? No, you cannot. You cannot, and you can't phone a friend or judge. No, I don't feel like doing math right now. <laughs> this is a man after my own heart. Give him the prize. The honesty is outstanding, Ryan. All right, how many total shots did Tiger Woods need to finish all four rounds at the historic U.S. Open at Pebble Beach in 2000? Rami says 240. 72 holes. By the way, I'm doing the math now again, and I'm probably way off. Just to give you a hit, Ryan, I want you to win and take this. I'm going to go 260. 260 is closer to the pin than 240. 272 is the answer. Ryan, congratulations. You are the winner here. Congrats, Ryan. And closest to the pin. You beat a complete dumbass. Congratulations. I so. thought that was going to be a route when it started. It actually was closer than I thought it was going to be. Would anybody else like to take on Rami for a Really? We're still doing this? It's going to be just two hours Line of embarrassing Rami? You want to take him on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> want to take him on? This dude couldn't get up fast The man enough. is running to the table. This dude could not get up fast He's like, give me that microphone. He sees free stuff. That's where He looks at me, and he sees free stuff. This... Man, all right, let's go. <laughs> all right, all right. What is what is, what is your name, sir? Uh, Hampton. Hampton. And by the way, Ross, I didn't hear what you just said to me. You... Oh, Ryan, would you like the the putter or the foursome to try burn? The foursome to try burn. Okay, more paperwork for Ross. All right, so we'll we'll get that. In. All right, Hampton. And just to be clear, foursome is a golf term, right? Uh, it can be. All yeah, right, it can cool. be. Uh, what's your name? Hampton. 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 Yeah. Okay. Hampton. Here we go. Let's do this. So here are the rules again. Closest to the pin, every question has a number for an answer. Mm-hmm. Best two out of three, and you get to pick your prize. Are you playing for the putter, or are you playing for Troy Byrne? What do you think? Putter. Putter. All right, he's playing for the putter. Okay. All right, how much money has Tiger Woods earned in his career playing golf? <laughs> Just on the golf course? This doesn't include Just on the golf money? course. Only career winnings, no Googling. Uh, Make sure he's not Googling. I'm not Googling. No, he's not. Um... He's he's giving up. Don't worry. Forty million dollars. All right. I'm going to go with uh, seventy million. Seventy million is closer to the pin. One hundred twenty point seven wow. million dollars. Wow. Rami, you're down one to nothing. Not shocking. The okay. golf business pays well. Seems like it. All right. Question number two. Okay. 
How much money has Phil Mickelson earned in his career playing golf? Can I have the Tiger answer again, just so I have something to go off? Sure, one hundred twenty point seven million dollars. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember go. Mickelson turned pro long before Tiger True. Woods did. And not how much has he lost gambling? Eighty million. I'm gonna go with eighty million. Okay, Rami says eighty million. Hamlet. I'm gonna go with ninety-seven million. Let me do some math here. Ninety-seven million is closest to the pin. Ninety-one point three million dollars. Hampton gets a free nice golf work. prize. Anybody else want to fall out of their swing. chair trying to beat me in this, in this game show? Hampton here? sprung from his chair like he's like twenty-two years old. Hampton, to get honestly, up here. when was the last time you moved that fast? Be real with us. Last week. Okay. Amazing. All right. Look at that. You, you got go, choices of putter. That's nice. Right. That's appreciate nice you playing putters to this uneducated you. eye. We are. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Now, doesn't doesn't a putter have to be like measured and sized up for the person? You can just grab any old putter and you're fine. I mean, like if you're one of the best players in the world, you might want to okay size it up. But All if you're right. any, you of thinking us about here, getting some clubs? No, no, I'm not R- allowed to. Well, I'm just thinking about uh, <laughs> starting to golf now and I'm, not and I'm accidentally not, kill somebody. I'm not allowed to. There are pictures of me in, in pro shops. We talked about it. I do know. not sell this man clubs. <laughs> So, all right, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be uh, putting Rami on the spot to show off how much he knows about golf throughout the show. Here Lovely, today. can't wait. Although those are sort of tough. Sort of some of those are pretty tough. I mean, some of the spontaneous you got to know how many how yards you... how many yards long was Augusta National. I know that like pinpointing it is not easy, but, right? No, but, my, but my math was but coming within five thousand of the sure. answers should be uh, reasonable. I got Rami's back though on like pro- on like purses and stuff. That's a little tougher. Okay, how much people have won? What is what is the thing that you guys, not that Rami's embarrassed to not know a lot about golf, but, like, what is the thing that you guys are the most embarrassed to admit that you don't really know anything about? Like, are you guys ever in conversations you, like, sports or life? pretend to know? Oh, sports or life? <laughs> Either when, or. When I first came up here, I was, I, was, I was a little embarrassed to say on the air, like, I don't know anything about hockey, man. Like, I'm a sports talk radio host in Minnesota. I should probably know a little something about hockey. At first... I didn't want to really put that out there, but now I've come to peace with it. I don't know a lot about hockey, and I'm probably not gonna. It's probably just I think by opening yourself up to just saying that, people are more willing to help teach you about hockey. It's actually a segment on Score North Live now, weekdays noon to two, ScoreNorth.com, and the Score North app. If you want to go back and listen to it, Declan teaches me hockey, and I try to pronounce hard to pronounce (laughs) hockey names. See, mine's mine's outside of sports. Mine is probably the, the fact, and it's funny, but it's somewhat embarrassing. That I can't do things most men can do. I can't fix anything. Same, I man. don't know anything about cars. I, I don't. And I think what's embarrassing, but I've accepted is I don't care. Like You, it, hire, you hire the help. Right. right but, yeah. you know, most guys, at least old school, could replace oil, for instance. Like they knew what to do. Like Dawn's dad was a man's man. Like he could do a ton of stuff. And I just don't. Did I, Dawn ever think that she was signing up? To spend her life with a man's man, or to work no. pretty up front. <laughs> no, the one thing I think that you that you could confirm after w- working with me for what now seven years or something, I'm pretty upfront about the fact I don't know what I don't know. So no, I don't think there was ever any illusion that like I could fix um, something that was broken or or change my oil. 
but I just have a complete lack of knowledge and or care. You know, I don't hunt, for instance. No. A lot of guys hunt and fish. Yeah, no. I don't care. It bores me. I wouldn't do it. You do like gun, beer, gun, though. Gun scare You're anti-seltzer pro-beer, which is very manly of you. Yeah, I mean, I do some things, but... Very man's man of you. But, you know, I don't, I don't go hunting. I'm scared of guns. I'm scared of bullets. I don't want to fish. It bores me. See, I was going to say fishing. Fishing is the thing that... Like when people ask, you know, you like to go fishing, like because you're from, I'm from the land of ten thousand lakes. Yep, I'm from Minnesota, and you're from Buffalo, where I'm from the rural. The park. rural, right? I mean, I literally lived between like seven lakes as a kid. All right. Yep. And all you my never friends, went fishing. I've been fishing four times in my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> one time was in Lake Tahoe with my uncle. <laughs> so only three times in my life. One time ice fishing. I've been now. I've been fishing more than you then. Because like, like not some, a lot, but more. Like if someone handed me like a fishing pole and. And, and, like, reels and lures and, and leeches and said, all right, go figure it out. Go catch a couple of fish. I would literally have no idea how to do it. And I'm from Minnesota. I remember. And I ordinarily try to fake my way through those conversations, but here I am admitting it. I remember I was a little, probably, like, seven, eight years old, and my cousin married a guy from Iowa who was, like, very, very country. He hunted. He fished everything. And, like, he, he took a liking to me, and, and I was a little kid, and he was, I'm going to take you fishing. And he took me fishing, dude, and literally, like, within five minutes, I had lost all interest in fishing, just set my, my rod down on the dock and started doing something else, God knows what. Some fish just <laughs> took off with the pole. Like, I got a bite on the hook, and the fish just took off with the pole. He was so pissed. He was like, you can't just put the pole down. But uh, what do I know? I'm a little kid from Chicago. I, never, I was never even close to a lake. You want me to go fishing and not explain it to me? The Chicago yeah. thing makes sense, too. Right, yeah. Yeah, the only, like, the, the, the first time I ever went fishing was somewhere up north, like, somewhere in Bemidji or something. With, uh-huh. It was a family friend trip. And uh, my, the first time I tried to cast, right, sort of sidearm, uh-huh. I wasn't thinking about the fact that there's other people in the boat. Oh, no. And the lures have hooks on them. Ow. And I hooked my friend's head. Ow! And, like, hat went into the water. It was a, it was a wool hat. So some blood? Sort of you get some blood? Blood and uh. everything. It was, it was wildly embarrassing. But I, but I agree with this whole thing of, like, Sitting in a boat and you cast, and you wait and you just sit there. Or, or hunting, you go up. I've never. Well, the hunting, and I know people hunt, love no, it. Hunting, I get. And but fi- you sit in a stand. Fishing might be the same thing. Hunting, yeah, is just a way that you can sell to your significant other that you're going away with your buddy for four days or buddies for four days. Yep. And you're going to drink, and you're going to not you're going to not be a contributing member to that family or society. Maybe kill some and, things. But but frame people. it in a way that sounds like okay. productive or like a hobby. In my cautious world, telling the wife I'm going to go hunting and have guns <laughs> and bullets and alcohol scares me. I'm trying to envision like what would the conversation be if Judd at age 50 busted out. Hey, <laughs> I think I'm going to take hey, up hunting, honey, honey. I'm going on a three-day hunting trip this weekend. <laughs> oh, should be. Oh no, I'd be I'd be instantly busted. This no. is starting to sound like a score North athlete challenge. They, no, 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 no. Judd does not do guns. Uh uh-uh. uh And and I'm going to tell you, we need to do a shooting range athlete challenge for. And sure. I'm going to tell you right now. Dawn would instantly hire a private investigator to follow me because there's no way she would buy at the age of 50 <laughs> that I've taken up hunting and I'm going up north. be amazing. Uh, actually, s- send us some suggestions. What, what athlete challenges should we do that would be wildly uncomfortable and potentially dangerous? I got a tweet here from Scott Johnson. He says, if you need clubs, come see us at Second Swing Golf anytime. 
Scott, you don't know what you're asking for, dude. You have no idea <laughs> what you're asking for. You're putting, you are literally putting lives at risk. And because I'm saying it here on the air, you can be held liable as an accomplice when I kill somebody playing golf because that will happen. I'll take you up yeah. on your offer, but I'm telling you. Nobody can know how dangerous you are with the club until they it's, see yeah. you. Because I mean, when you said that last year, I'm like, dude, I, st- I, was I stink too. Yeah. But you're a liability Joe, to, to I, human beings. I went to get a lesson from a women's PGA golfer, and by the end, she told me to give up, and I was escorted off the driving range. Like, <laughs> literally. They were like, please leave before you kill somebody. It's on I'll, video. I will hit somebody on the car, on the car path just driving by in a cart enjoying a nice sunny summer day and then i hit one over the cart path into the parking lot where we're still not sure if it broke a window or not i love how we barreled into like one of the biggest golf events of the year like you know the women's lpga mm-hmm. championship and it's like we just want to do a little video on the driving <laughs> range and if you if you could spare one of your top players to come over and he just, just want to take a couple shots, he should just be kind of fixing his swing. Okay, and then Rami shows up. She took the she took the 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 club for me and was like, "Don't ever golf again for the sake of humanity and people's safety, please." Don't ever pick up a golf club again. So with that, we got our guy Russ Higgins up here from Second Swing. After hearing all of this. Is Rami barred from going inside of a second swing store? That's the question. Not I'm even, not sure not, not about Scott's can... offer, but we'll uh, we'll talk to him <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> Scott's going to be disciplined for the offer. Oh. Well, the good news is maybe it's maybe maybe Rami's problem is uh, maybe his clubs aren't aren't fitted and sized the right way, and they can definitely fix that at second swing. So tell us, we're here at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We're hanging out. And uh, and we're having a good time, mostly making fun of Rami for not knowing anything about golf. But if people swing by, no pun intended, the second swing area this weekend, what can they what can they find, Russ? Uh, huge selection. It would be number one uh, from an apparel standpoint. We've got over fifteen thousand pieces of apparel here this year. Uh, they start at fifteen dollars today. Tomorrow at ten dollars. Sunday they're going down to five dollars. It's all Proline uh, name brand apparel. It's. Uh, uh, you know, from Adidas to Footjoy to uh, you name it. It might have a Country Club logo on there, but it's awesome stuff and at a great value. Uh, from a equipment standpoint, I think there's about 10,000 used clubs over there, not to mention all the guys at the driving range like Callaway, TaylorMade, Mizuno, Tour Edge, et cetera. And uh, you have an opportunity to, to test the latest and greatest and uh, maybe find some new gear for the year. So I had an epiphany. I was, uh, I was out in Arizona in uh, the the end portion of December, and I went golfing at a course that was way nicer than my abilities to golf are. But I had rental clubs, and they were nice, new. I can't remember exactly. I wrote them down somewhere, but I've been using my own clubs for like the last 10 years, and I, I grabbed these state-of-the-art amazing rentals, and with my, my same broken, crappy swing, I wind up parring the first four holes, like shots that usually would be left-right go straight, if you're someone like me and you, you, you play bogey golf and you're looking to, like, you've used the same clubs for a while and you're, I don't even know where to start when it comes to, I need new clubs. There's so many millions of options, it feels like. What would you tell someone like me that is looking for an upgrade or a new set? What's that process like through Second Swing? Yeah, great question. So we're going to start off by identifying. By the way, that counts in the great question standings for both of you. Yeah, it does. And Russ and I did not. Did not line that We've up got a game. If, if you say great question <laughs> right, and, and you're you. not a regular contributor, the person gets a point. But you see, no, I, think, I, think, I think we should take – sorry to do this while you're here. No, no, please. No, I think counts. we should take the point away from him because by, by pointing it out, 
and making our guest aware of the game. Now neither of us can get a great question in the remainder of the interview, Judd. We'll take that up. In I the think you should. I think you should be penalized and lose it. I'm just going to put that out there. Saying, listen, I see your point, but he still gets the point. All right. Thank you. All right, Russ, continue, please. Yeah, again, well, continue great, question. great question. Yeah, no, please. Where great were question. we again? Yeah. You don't get it again. <laughs> so starting out, uh, identifying a golf club that is uh, a good complement for your tendency. So our team is going to go through a series of questions and try to help uh, identify where your misses and you know, maybe your weaknesses and your strengths are and then try to put you down the right path into the right club. From there, we're going to get into the fitting uh, experience. So being able to dial that golf club or golf clubs in, uh, identify uh, clubs that really help you either hit the ball a little bit straighter or hit the ball a little bit further. And uh, uh, maybe Scott wasn't too far off track here for you. But, uh, uh, you, know, you know, help guys enjoy the game a lot more. So, Have you ever looked at somebody's swing and just said, no? That's why we have tennis rackets at the store. So, right. just no, I won't sell you clubs. It's yeah. not, this isn't going to work. The best out. description is he golfs violently. Yes, oh. yeah. So he golfs in a violent way that scares you. Like I'm bad, but I'm just bad. I'm not going to kill you. It's very. It's why very. Why might kill you? It's, it's very it's Charles big, Barkley. It's very big baseball swing. No, it's not Charles Barkley. It's not as herky jerky as Charles Barkley. It's a little smoother than that, but it's just. It's 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 Miguel Sano. It's just I'm swinging for the fences every time, and it's, it has it has nothing to do with golf. It's all baseball swing, no golf swing, and I'm putting everything into it every time. All right then. I mean, uh, <laughs> he's like, no, you shouldn't golf, but I can't say that. <laughs> let's let's start the weekend off by telling people, you know what, you just can't golf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm t- you can't help me. So it's, it's fine. You can say it. You cannot help me with what with what my problem is. Actually, I think if we go back to Scott's comment, uh, you know, I think the offer stands. We'll just put up some extra padding around the area, and uh, y'all. <laughs> Make sure you're there. Yeah, amazing. That's Russ Higgins from uh, Second Swing. Thanks for coming over and hanging out, and thanks for uh, thanks for the putters that we get to use during our Rami trivia challenge here Ooh. to give to. Yeah, appreciate that. Lucky, I, I, I didn't realize, but yeah, absolutely. It's our pleasure. So, yeah. all right, you know, Russ. Can, thanks, guys. Appreciate the opportunity. Over, uh, Second Swing. If you want to stock up on golf apparel here at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, we're going to come back here to Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app with 10 days of Twins Talk, day number 10. And we're going to ask the only question that matters when we come back here, gentlemen. Make your prediction, and we can do this again before the actual season starts, but on the eve of the Twins' first Grapefruit League game, how far will they go in 2020? Let's get it on the record before we even see them play an actual game. Live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, before we go anywhere, let's talk about Tondrick Wealth Management. Have you ever looked at your paycheck and thought, I pay a lot in taxes? Well, you probably have. We've all done it. Um, Now, the the, the tax brackets can go up or down depending on the decade, depending on the politics, depending on who's president. As recently as the 1980s, we actually had some folks subjected to a 70% tax rate. Uh, Right now, it's uh, the highest rate's around 37%, so fluctuations. But Dale Tondrick is here to help you understand ramifications of taxes on your retirement savings. It can be confusing. There are things you can do to make sure that you are legally maximizing the amount of money that you get to keep and the amount of money that you get to put into your future retirement income. Tondrick Wealth Management will offer a free tax analysis and financial review right now 
at 952-401-1671. That's 952-401-1671 or myinvestingcoach.com. Also here, Luther Brookdale Toyota is one of our proud partners on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. At least we're proud to have them. I mean, I'm not going to speak for them being proud of us. Who knows? But uh, all throughout the month of February... If you've got a service light on in your vehicle, bring it into Luther Brookdale Toyota, and my friends in that service department will turn it off, they'll tell you what it means, and they'll give you a free, no-obligation estimate on repair. They'll make sure you're running right, running safe. I know that it's like 40 degrees and not a cloud in the sky right now, but that doesn't mean we're not going to get like four more blizzards between now and the middle of April. And So just make sure that your car is running right and safe for these winter months. And uh, if you're if you're questioning the safety or the durability of your vehicle, I recommend getting into one of these four-wheel drive RAV4s, Highlanders, Tundras. We're talking state-of-the-art safety features, and we're talking, like I've said, the best service department in the Twin Cities to help take care of you and your car. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Score North Download Time. Jonathan here with us. Hours Download. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami out of the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show in just one moment. But first, Dale Tondrick's Retirement Playbook will air at 9 a.m. tomorrow, an hour earlier than usual. Dale Tondrick offers insight and expertise into retirement savings, and you can listen this Saturday morning. That's tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And if you missed the news yesterday that Simone Augustus will not be returning to the Lynx, she'll be playing for the Los Angeles Sparks. That happened yesterday. Lindsey Whalen, current Gophers women's basketball head coach and former teammate of Simone Augustus, talked to the media today saying, First of all, she's the most unselfish superstar the WNBA has ever seen. To welcome in me, Brunson, Maya, eventually Sill. Like those are, um, you know, other players with a lot of, you know, clout in this league and whatnot. So her to welcome us in to win was is incredible. And then I said, you know, she changed the links, but I think she also has changed the landscape of the state. You know, she's been a figure here for 14 years. Um, you know, through, through everything she's, she's done on and off the court, um, I've had more people reach out to me. Um, that, yes, of course, everybody's, you know, wishes she was, you know, going to play here and, and finish her career here. But that doesn't take away 14 years of, of having the impact that she's had. That's been your score on download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami out at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. Mackie and Judd with Rami hanging out here, like Jonathan said, at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Hall B of the Minneapolis Convention Center until 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, tomorrow, 9 a.m. until 7 o'clock. And then Sunday, 10 a.m. until 4 o'clock. And you can, uh, you can put a couple beverages back, too. A couple adult beverages if you're hanging around here on this glorious Friday afternoon on your way home from work. This is day 10 of our 10 days of Twins Talk. And we made it, guys. We made it here. And I, th- I feel like I feel like there are so many more things to even dive into because games start tomorrow. Like, we should maybe extend this thing to, like, 20 days of Twins Talk. I'm down. I, it's baseball season. They play totally the Gophers today, you know. Tonight, right? Tonight, yeah. We got a game tonight. Yeah, but like Rami the first actual about. Grapefruit League game is tomorrow, isn't it? Yes, I think it's tomorrow. This is an exhibition exibition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I see the Red Sox beat some college team today, like three to nothing. They only scored. Who they play against a college team? I, I don't even know. By the way, when is Rob Manfred going to not punish them? It wasn't that supposed to happen this week. I don't know. Still waiting on that. He got busy. When is Rob Manfred going to drop the ball on that one? He That's forgot my about question. He forgot about him. Wouldn't it be funny if he suspended Red Sox players, <laughs> but but not Astros? No, he players? said. And I quote, I'm a precedent guy. 
when asked why he didn't take the trophy from the Astros, said, I'm a precedent guy. Well, he set the precedent. He by... just set a precedent yep. of and the not manager... punishing players for cheating. And Alex Cora's already gone. Way to go, buddy. Yeah. And, it was, and when did Kyan Bloom play, take over? So, like, there's no one to punish. After. Draft yeah. picks. It'll be draft pick punishment. Yep. Well, and a fine. That'll be it. He'll fine them and take away draft picks. Yeah. So, on the Twins here, let's just ask the question. We'll, and we'll ask this again after we actually see spring training games. We'll ask it before the regular season. But before you see a spring training game, how far will the Twins go in 2020? You want to go first, Judd, or you want me to go first? I'll go. Um, they will win the division. <sighs> Boy. And I got so excited last year, and Egg was on my face at the end. And um, can, I, can I throw in the caveat if they make a trade for a top-notch pitcher, which I think they might do in July, I, I'm going to say they win the division and win a round and get eliminated in the, the league championship series. That's very optimistic, but I'll go down that path. If they, if they do what Judd said and add an impact pitcher sometime between now and the trade deadline, and you have a healthy Byron Buxton for 140 games or so and going into the postseason, they're going to the World Series. If those two things happen, impact pitcher added to the rotation, healthy Byron Buxton, this team is going to the World Series. I'm with Rami. I think Byron Buxton will be impactful and mostly healthy. He'll probably spend 20 days on the DL or something. I don't something. know how you can make that prediction. Well, I mean, how can you make, can you make that, any prediction? No, but I mean, that's just on a wing and you know a prayer. What? With, with his injury history, that is literally, you make that prediction literally on a wing and a prayer. You know what, boys? Until they beat the Yankees now, I'm done predicting it. Well, they might not have to beat the Yankees. Right, but I'm going to assume that they're going to have to get through them at some point. I'll give them a round. I'll say that they don't play the Yankees first round, but I can't predict in a league. I mean, they have lost 16 consecutive playoff games. I think it's 17, no? I thought it was 16, but anyway, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. And 13 straight to the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken. Right, and they cannot be. I can't have them. I can't assume at any time if they have to play them that they're going to get past them until I see it because we were all so optimistic last year, and it looked good, and then they j didn't just lose. They were sort of like swept aside like the little kids. But here's, here's where I'm coming from on, on the Yankees' angle. Right? Well, number one, Luis Severino was just shut down with forearm yeah. soreness, so it's possible that the Yankees' second-best starting pitcher could be headed for Tommy John or something. I mean, he had, and this stems back, they, they said this stems back to the playoffs last year, so he's had discomfort. Yeah. This is usually the path that leads to surgery. So if they lose Luis Severino... They lose one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. Now, they made it as far as they did last year without Severino until, like, September 10th. So they're still awesome. But I just think with the additions the Twins made to fortify bullpen and starting rotation and bringing on Josh Donaldson, Byron Buxton starts the season healthy anyways. We don't know if he finishes healthy, but he starts the season healthy. This is a better Twins team than the one that got beat by the Yankees. It doesn't mean that they're going to for sure win 100 games again because baseball can be funny. They could wind up winning 93, and still, I would say, it's a better team. I would say it's likely that they don't win as many games as they did last year, just because the division should be a little bit better this season, don't you think? Should yes. be. I mean, unless you want to say that the Indians take a step back, the White Sox take a step forward, and the other two teams are still garbage. I didn't realize until this morning that the Indians shed almost $30 million in payroll this offseason. Oh, yeah. Their outfield's brutal. Their outfield has basically no one left at home. But... I can go down the path that they're going to be very good again. I can go down the path that they're definitely going to or should win the division again. And I can go down the path that if they do the right things that they can get, a, they can win a round in the playoffs. But until that playoff 
losing streak ends, I really have trouble getting them through to the World Series. And plus, I do want to see, do they get to June and Barrios is pitching pretty well and they're just like, we're fine. And the Buxton thing. I mean, the Buxton thing, I, I told Rami this on Score North Live, noon to two weekdays. Thank you. Right here. You can go and listen to it on the Score North app, totally free. Phil, I think if you were identifying, just identifying from a national perspective, let's say the 10 most interesting storylines involving individual players in MLB entering the 2020 season, mm-hmm. I think Byron Buxton's in that top 10. It's one of the most dynamic changes, shifts, if he can play, how much he can play, yeah. how effective he, he is, versus if he plays 90 games or something. Yeah, It's huge. The Twins with Buxton are sitting on an MVP candidate caliber player they are like that dude was his everything from his draft status to his speed to the flashes he's shown in three-month chunks and you know it's a big it's a big if that all these things go well but if he were to put together a full season like the first half that he put together last year that dude is like top five or six in mvp voting as far as athleticism athleticism and tools byron buxton is at least on a level with Mookie Betts and Mike Trout and any other great athlete in this league. Maybe in a, in a class all by himself. When, and I'm not saying he's the baseball player that those guys are, so please spare me your tweets that Rami is tweeting before you get muted. But just from a pure athlete and tool standpoint, he, he might be tops in this league. If you guys were to start a football and or, like let's say, basketball team of baseball players, to he's your number point... One. Trout probably, right? Because Trout's probably, he, he is not, probably. He is a freakish athlete. Buxton, I'm trying to think, because, I mean, that comp. Mookie Betts is a hell of an athlete. Yeah, because that comp makes sense in saying, if you're just going to take a guy, plop him out of baseball and plop him onto a basketball court, potentially, or a football field. You know who'd be a fun running back? You're probably right. Yasiel Puig. Running back? Yeah, or linebacker. I was going to say, what about, like, a defensive end? How big is he? It's a big dude. I mean, like a defensive end is like 270 pounds still, right? 260 pounds? Actually, you know who, if, if you got his body right for football, would be really good probably. Miguel Sano. He might be football ready right now. Have you seen him from yeah. this camp? No, you might be right. Dude's a beast. But bu- Hashtag best shape of his life. Is he is in the best shape good of his for life. Him. Yeah. But Buxton does have the attributes, I think, to be sort of the make or break guy here. And I think, again, this is all... This is all a little bit difficult. To, it's difficult to say that they're for sure going to be better because Yasiel really, like, Puig is 6'3", 245. Dude. Okay. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. That's Jadavian Clowney. He's Jadavian Clowney. But the Twins have all kinds of players that you could make a case are going to get better or at least stay healthier from what they were last year. I could make a strong case that Jose Barrios has another level at age 25, 26 and becomes an ace. We just made the case for Byron Buxton. You could make a case. Miguel Sano, who... Didn't play a full season last year. Like, that dude at first base, taking his off-season conditioning and workout regimen seriously for really the first time in his career, thanks to Nelson Cruz and uh, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine. Like, there are so many guys you could point to and say, you know what? Not for sure, but, like, there's another level there that that guy could reach. How many guys on the other side would you say, eh, that guy might fall off a cliff this year? Nelson Cruz is an obvious candidate because he's 40, but I also wouldn't bet against him to... In today's age, where nutrition and sleep and like all the different things you can do now compared to twenty years ago, like he might hit till he's forty-four. You know the one that wouldn't shock me. You know the one that scares me just a little bit because the health has been up and down at times. Donaldson. 
Donaldson scares me, not, not because of something he'll do wrong, but, you know, two years ago he basically played, what, 70-some-odd games yeah. between Cleveland and Toronto? But in four of his last six, he's played 155, and he's been in so, Ironman. To your point, I'm curious about if Polanco comes back as the same player, because he was really good. I think, I think Luis Arise. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think he's set. I think he's just good. Polanco I'm curious about. Um, Rosario I'm curious about as much from a mental standpoint as I am from a playing standpoint because if he's not engaged and we've seen him not engaged and I'm not positive he will be, scares me. Um, but the Buxton one, here's the one that I find to be a really intriguing question. What if Buxton gets hurt? Okay, that could happen. What's the plan there? And I, th- I think we talked about this on the show late last week, mm-hmm. but is it just plug Jake Cave back in? Cause, or is it Kepler to center and call up Kirilov? And I think Phil had a problem with that, right? D- didn't you have a problem with just putting Kepler in center? He's not, he wouldn't be, I don't think he would be rangy enough in center field. Okay. Well, who else do you got? You want Jake Cave diving four feet past baseballs? No, I th- honestly, I think, I think you'd probably just have to deal with not having a rangy center fielder. Like, you, just, you would just put the best lineup out. But, think about, game, so. but think about what you're saying then, and you go from Buxton... Just clear gold gloves, saving runs every single game to, eh, we're not very rangy in center yeah. field. That's a huge pendulum swing. Yeah, well, Byron, Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson save compared to the guys that could be out there. If, if you compare Josh Donaldson and his defense alone to Miguel Sano at third base and his defense alone, we're talking like a 25 or 30 run difference over the course of six months, which is insane. Just think about that as an RBI total. What if you were to just tack on 30 extra runs to a guy's rib total? And, and Byron Buxton's the same way, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but if, if he's out there for even 140 games in center field, defensively alone, you're saving like 20 or 30 or maybe even more runs. Yep. And that's, that's really what it is. Rami says it all the time on the show. It's, it's, it's run prevention and run creation. And with Donaldson and, and Byron Buxton, if those guys can be out there for even five of the six months, your pitching is better without them doing anything differently because Josh Donaldson scoops a ball that Miguel Sano doesn't or Byron Buxton tracks down a double in the gap and turns it into an out. And Josh Donaldson's going to help with the run production part of things, too. Mm-hmm. It's a very complicated equation. I keep on, but I, I, So I keep on laying it out for people. The more runs you score, wow. the more runs you can give up very and still condescend- win baseball games. Very I know. Condescending I know. It's crazy. Wait condescending a second, though, but does Josh Donaldson pitch, Rami? No, he doesn't, Phil, but he does still help prevent runs. Oh, okay. Yeah, that guy. Okay. Yes. But... but and this is not a good thing. The 2019 Twins, when it came to run prevention, were not, very good, especially very good. in the infield. And, and seemed to sort of, and this drove me crazy, seemed to sort of accept it at times. Ah, we'll be fine. It's like, no, this isn't acceptable. Well, I think at one point, Rocco Baldelli just, and not to us in the media, because he doesn't show us anything in the media or really tell us anything, but I think at one point he just came to terms with what he had and who this team was and realized we're just going to have to outscore people. Yep. I don't have great pitching. I don't have great defense. But these guys can straight up rake. Let's just go out there and try and outscore people. Now if, if Miguel Snow can just pick and uh, jump for the Polanco throws that seem to sail or skip, they'll be fine. Yeah. This uh, And by the way, that concludes our 10 days of Twins talk, but it doesn't mean that we're just going to ignore them for the I love how it just ends. I don't mind, your, ten, I, ten I don't mind your idea of turning it into 20. Judd? I'm fine. 20 days of Twins talk? I'm fine with uh, 100-plus days of Twins talk. 
Well, it might turn into however if we want to label months, it seven months of twins. It's talk. fine with me. <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be damn entertaining. I mean, it's not that often the last ten years that you go in knowing that the twins are gonna be legit and contenders. Last year we didn't even think like going in. Rami and I thought, yep, we're in the we're in the minority. They're gonna win the division, but it wasn't like. A hundred wins. The They're going to set record. the home run record. No, I yeah. never saw that coming. Yeah. Do Do we know the status of the 2020 baseball? We do not yet. I don't think it matters. We might start finding out in the great. Well, it's league. just I'm just curious if the whole thing is going to come down. But the reason, as, as far as I, I mean, they'll still have power. I'm not saying that they won't. But I'm just curious if we're if the playoff baseball is a baseball that we're going to use now full time, because that's certainly going to impact some players for sure. Maybe I'm oversimplifying this. But if they were hitting the ball harder and farther than anybody last year, they're still going to be hitting it harder and farther than anybody this year. Different ball, but everybody will be using that ball. Yeah. So it's all just relative to the rest of the league, isn't it? Correct. Hitting the ball far and hard equals runs. The one thing I would say is the Nelson Cruises and Sonos for sure are going to hit a ton of home runs. What I'm curious about is if the ball has changed there are certainly some guys who are probably going to have years that just aren't as good. And if you equate that, if you take natural um, regression and then the ball being affected, there's, are, there's going to certainly be players throughout baseball, including on the Twins, who probably yeah. don't achieve close to what they did last year. It is weird how a season like last season, you know, when you, like, for years you watch baseball, and there are different eras. There's the dead ball era, and, like, the year that Carly Estremski batted 301 and had the highest batting average Won in the, the American triple crown, League. man. Like, pretty amazing. But, but you know in your mind, if a guy hits 30 bombs, he's having an amazing season. Except last year, where, like, literally everybody <laughs> hit 30 bombs. It was like the steroid <laughs> era all over again. <laughs> well, Greg like, Vaughn hit 50. Cool, I guess. Brady Anderson. Brady Anderson. 52, right? Home runs. Dude, that was insane. Jermaine Dye. Phil Nevin. He used to stink, and now he's really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, real quick, this, this, the, I, I saw this story come across. Jonathan Lucroy spoke about his time. Uh, with this. So he's with the Red Sox now. Spoke about his time in Oakland. And how the A's learned about the specifics of the Astros' sign-stealing scheme from teammate Mike Fires, mm-hmm. who was traded to Oakland in August of that season. And here's what Luke Roy said about what went down when he heard about Fires going public in November. When I saw the story, I read it, and I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And now people are calling me, and I'm like, look, I've known about that for two years. Guys who were playing against them, I would text people and say, just so you know, this is what's going on. It got around baseball pretty quick. Two years ago, before the World Series. According to Lucroy, the A's informed Major League Baseball about their experience with the Astros, but no investigation was started until Fires went on the record with the Athletic. Athletics GM David Forst confirmed to the Mercury News last week that Oakland did complain to the league well before Major League Baseball's investigation commenced. So this was going around and being talked about before the 2017 World Series. Remember Rob Manfred standing at a podium last Sunday and saying that they had caught wind of this stuff and they heard the same rumors that a lot of us were hearing and they investigated it in real time as the accusations were coming in and came back with nothing credible, nothing concrete enough that they could do anything about it. How is the athletics so much better at cleaning up your sport than you are, Rob Manford? How is that even possible? Or were you just standing there at the podium and once again lying to our faces and never really put any effort into investigating these things that people around baseball 
have known now for two or three years. So, Which one is it? Are you just bad at your job, or are you lying to my face? And to me, the only explanation for his negligence two years ago is if he's thinking to himself, oh, my God, 15 teams are doing this, and it's just out of control. There's no way we can suspend everybody and fire everybody, so let's just send a memo and make sure. But the more I hear players talk from key teams – like, is Aaron Judge going to say what he said about Altuve being a fraud and be that aggressive if he knows the Yankees were doing the same thing? Are, are, are Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner from the Dodgers going to be saying, hey, Rob Manfred's a clown commissioner, basically, and the Astros are frauds if they were doing the same thing? So I was a couple weeks ago, I was thinking, I don't know, it, just, it feels like maybe the Astros are taking one for the rest of the league here, but... I don't think that's the case after hearing some of these guys talk. The answer to your question, Phil, is absolutely positively they would lie through their teeth and now act outraged. And and Rami today brought up the whole thing of the roundtable that they had on Get Up and all of these guys from outside of baseball, right? It was right? Marcus Spears, Tim Legler, uh, and Desmond Howard. Who were talking about the code and how you don't break the code and how you... This is how... And Phil, you, you covered teams. You know how locker rooms and athletes are there is a definite code like we find this stuff out now as fans or media we're like oh my god i can't believe that was going rob manford actually is doing his job in his mind and the mind of of his league not to reveal this stuff not to not to come out and say we knew exactly what was going on in fact it is let's say 12 teams that were cheating all of these things so unfortunately this doesn't surprise me one bit. And I, I know that we're just talking about baseball, but this, this mentality of, of snitches, of rats, and them being the problem is a really dangerous thing. And it's, it's A, it's, it's dangerous in this particular situation that we're talking about, and that's on display with Mike Fires receiving death threats because you got guys like David Ortiz and other guys around baseball and other athletes who talk about it backing him up and saying, yeah, this guy is a snitch. He did something wrong. And B, it's a mentality that somehow has permeated society across the board. This mob mentality that the people who call out criminal activity or corruption are the problem and not the criminal activity or the corruption. It's why law enforcement gets corrupted. It's why government gets corrupted. It's why our financial institutions get corrupted. Because we all think it's a bad thing to speak up when we see something wrong happening. Give me all the rats. Give me all the snitches. Because I want things to be clean and fair across the board. But they perceive you, Mike Fires, as the snitch. Right. He's not the problem. Mike Fires is not the but, problem, David but, Ortiz. But athletics is such a, a, a packed mentality that they'll never agree. Yeah. Ever. That's a toxic culture, man. It's a toxic, and dangerous culture. We should maybe get to this later on, too. I, 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 I'm amazed that we're still... I didn't think we'd be talking about this when the athletic report came out Well, did in you see what Jim Crane said? He thought it'd blow over he by spring training. thought it would blow over by spring training. No. That's well, arrogance well, for you right there, man. Spring training's here. It's two weeks in, and games start tomorrow, so uh, it, it ain't blowing over. Mackie and Jeb with Rami live here at the 30th annual Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Open until 7 o'clock tonight, 9 a.m. until 7 p.m. tomorrow night, 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. tomorrow night. And uh, we're, we're in, in Hall B inside the convention center. If you're, if you're in the area, there's a, there's a full bar over here. Judd is within, let's see here, one hour and nine minutes of being able to dive into happy hour. Uh, Tom Ryan is the executive director of the MGA, and he's here to speak about youth on course and uh, anything else that you would like to speak about here, Tom. The floor is yours. Thanks for coming up here and joining us. 
Oh, let me let me turn your turn mic on, on here. Yep, there Sorry there about you that. Go. I was going to say, how do I follow that? And just we got to tamp damp it down here. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if you've about got thoughts golf. on snitches <laughs> and cheating, then you're, then you're welcome. No, we can, we golf's can, a pure sport, right? We could go. Yeah, with that. we could talk about some golf rule issues if you want. But, uh, no, thanks. Thanks for uh, having me. Thanks for being here. This is great. Uh, yeah, youth on course. Um, uh, it's one of the things we're really promoting just down the way here. We've got a, a little chipping contest going and uh, f- uh, raising some funds for, for youth on course. But uh, it's really one of the programs we've really been promoting the last couple of years pretty hard. Uh, this year, or in 2019, that is, we uh, had 4,700 kids participating. When we talked about this last year, we had had about 1,500 kids in wow. 2018. So uh, that's really some real positive growth. Um, Youth on course as it is, is is really what I refer to when we're talking about baseball is the sandlot baseball of golf. You know, in Minnesota, as in most states, we do have uh, very structured programs. Most clubs, public and private, have have uh, junior golf programs and camps. PJ Section runs a great tournament program for kids. We have some state championships for kids. But youth on course is an opportunity for kids just to be exposed to the game. For $5 or less, they can play at one of 82 participating courses in, in the Twin Cities, or I'm sorry, in the state. Um, and then what we do is we subsidize those, those courses for maybe that, that delta between what their junior rate might be and that $5. So yeah. there's a whole back office process to, to do that. But the thing is, we, we had 18,000 rounds played by kids last year, a lot of them with mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and almost more importantly, with their friends. Um, again, getting out there, just playing like you go out on, on you know, the, the, the diamond and make up your own rules and, yeah. and have some fun. And it's, it's just, you know, in, in today's world when everything is so structured, no matter what sport we're talking about, youth sports, this is really a, a, a positive for the game to expose kids because that's what we need. We, we've got the kids that are really good, like in any sport, they're going to keep growing. They're going to keep having a place to compete and play. With golf, it's a great, it's a sport of a lifetime. But what this does is just get kids involved, and, and even if they leave it for a period of time, they'll have been in, involved, and hopefully as they get older, get back in. Yeah, it. and I feel like you know, the barrier to entry to start various sports matters a lot, right? I mean, if you know basketball, the barrier to entry is not great. You go pick up a basketball from Target or something, and you find a hoop somewhere, right? Right. Um, I, th- I don't, you know, baseball, I think, Decades ago, it was common for kids to just go to a field on a Saturday. I don't know if that's as common now, but barrier to entry, go get a bat, a ball, and get some friends together. Golf is traditionally a more expensive, time-consuming barrier to entry, and so I'm guessing that you've put a lot of thought into this conundrum as you try to build that funnel up of just well, getting it kids is. involved, right? It, it is. It's, it's one of the major obstacles at any level. Golf is not a cheap sport, and uh, you have to have the equipment, but a lot of a lot of the facilities will have, you know, they, they may have some equipment on hand or um, even, you know, I know you talked to Russ at Second Swing. I mean, it, there are places in, in, to find relatively inexpensive equipment, especially for kids, to get started. You don't have to spend $500 for a driver when you're 8 years old. It just doesn't make any sense. You don't even have to do it when you're 58 years old. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the fact is, is that there are ways around it, and I think one of the obstacles that you hear about golf all the time is, is the expense. Um, this has never been a better time to be a, a, a golfer. Um, you can get access to golf courses. You can find a reasonable rate to play, depending on what you want to do. Um, and, uh, and it does take time, but anything takes time. And uh, so once you're kind of resigned to that fact, uh, you can do it. And I think with, with the kids, the challenge has always been, uh, is, is, is always been some of those obstacles as parents perceive them. 
Um, and uh, uh, and again, as you know, it's a sport of a lifetime. But as as kids get older, they get into college, they get out of college, they family, career, all that. If they're not competing at a high level, maybe aren't playing much golf. I don't know if you guys play or not, but I'm sure you've, I experienced it. I love playing golf, and uh, these two would probably kill anyone within 50 yards if they. Uh, I'm retired, golf, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to play. Not that I wouldn't either, but <laughs> you and Roycey and Suchere and the whole bunch. Right? I yeah. called it quits. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, Roycey, uh, Roycey retired long ago. When I think, I think he actually did legitimately. Who was it that he almost? He hit a um, senior uh, tour player. <laughs> Really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, wow. in the heel, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was, and the guy was, and it wasn't, one. and I don't think it was somebody who took it well either. No, I mean, <laughs> well, and I think he was like iffy for the tournament after that because he got hit by. Yeah, Royce I can't. Here. Wayne, Man. Wayne something. Anyway, can't remember? I'll um, text him and find out. Yeah, text him and find out. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. But anyway, it, you know, the challenge to challenge to the game is 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 really to keep. Keep get people engaged and exposed to it, and then and then keep engaged as they get older. So we think youth on course is just a perfect entree to that, um, and we expect it to grow again this year by another thousand fifteen hundred kids. Love it. Um, and you know, so a lot of our fundraising efforts are are focused on 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 that. And just real quick, the chipping challenge is new this year at the golf show. It is, and so five dollars you're you're donating to Youth on Course. You get a chance. We got three levels of prizes. If you chip it into one of the one of the holes in the screen over there, you the three levels of prizes. And Madden's has donated a, a weekend to everyone who even attempts, whether they win one of the three prizes or not. Um, that we'll give away at the end of the show, but there's golf rounds that have been d- donated by the, the participating courses as well as some other prizes, so it's awesome. a lot of fun. Well, thanks for coming up. Tom Ryan, Executive Director of, uh, of, of the MGA here I at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Appreciate you guys did being he get, here. Did he get back to you yet? Not we yet. we got to find out who he almost Not yet, killed. But he almost, yeah, he did take a guy out. It was <laughs> right. very unfortunate. Uh, we are another hour to go here. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, 30th Annual Hall B Minneapolis Convention Center, and when we come back, we're going to we're going to make sure that uh, Rami helps us give away some more putters and Are some more trips to Troy Burn. Outstanding! If you think you can beat Rami in some golf trivia, you can. Okay, mm-hmm. get a chance to win something. But uh, first, let's talk about our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been around for a hundred plus years in Owatonna, Minnesota. And not only are they great at protecting and standing behind business owners, giving you that peace of mind after you've built a company with your blood, your sweat, your tears, your time. You know, if something bad happens to the company that you built, you want to make sure that you've got frontline protection. But also, the generous spirit of Federated and all the money that they've helped raise, $30-plus million over the last 15 years for big brothers and big sisters and paying it forward. Uh, You can find stories about this philanthropic work at startribune.com and um, and their website federatedinsurance.com and they take that same spirit of giving and charity and uh, and they apply it to all the work they put into protecting your business find a full list of industries federated protects at federatedinsurance.com and remember, Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours, Judd Zolgad. Thank you, Phil Mackey. I want to talk to you now about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Team, and their guaranteed sales program. If you are looking to sell your home this spring or summer, you know what? Jason and his team are going to guarantee the sale of your home when you list with the Walgrave Real Estate Group. And yes, I'll say it again because I said guarantee. Because in this town, we hear about guaranteed offers, right? I will guarantee an offer on your home. Okay, that's all well and good. And Jason says, well... I guess that's fine, but Jason says, no, 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 
I'm going to guarantee the sale of your home. All you need to do is go to jasonsguarantee.com, click on the Guaranteed Sale button to learn more about how the program works, and now is the time to act because we all know if you're going to be selling your home this spring or summer, what comes along with that? Stress, conversations, what to do with this, should we throw that out? It's just a bunch of stress. Well, Jason's coming in and saying there is some stress here, but I'm going to take away the biggest stressor by offering you, again, the Guaranteed Sale Program. So go to jasonsguarantee.com, click on the Guaranteed Sale button to learn more. Jason's, J-A-S-O-N-S, guarantee.com. Click on that Guaranteed Sale button, and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I will guarantee you this. You'll be happy you did. You're being way too snobby about your meat. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami. We actually have breaking news to start the hour here. Timberwolves pressure. Judd, do you have it? I do indeed. I've got the... This is great news for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm. I will preface it by saying that. I'm on Team Rami on this one. Mm -mm. It's good news for my write that down, but I don't know if it's great news. The, the Wolves uh, just put out a press release saying they have announced the following medical update on center Carl Anthony Towns. After sustaining a left wrist injury, Towns received a period of treatment and monitoring from the Wolves' medical staff. Continued evaluation of the injury confirmed a wrist fracture for Carl Anthony Towns. While Towns, while Towns has been diligent in treatment with a goal of returning to play, he has been assessed by multiple specialists over the last several days, and the team continues to gather information on the optimal management strategies he's expected to be out for the next two weeks and be reassessed at that time okay it is it is not i do like the part of the release where they said that he's been diligent like (laughs) after not really caring for a while and saying his wrist sort of hurt he just came in and we've uh we've decided he's got a wrist fracture it's broken they just found out it's broken. He comes in today, they're like, does it still hurt? <laughs> it's like successful surgery, right? You think we should take an x-ray? <laughs> hey, who's got the x-ray machine? <laughs> so, all right, it's not it's not good news because I'm wishing pain on another man and, yeah, uh, no. and you know, length, of, you. length of time out extended. It's great because the Timberwolves season is over anyways. There's no There's no way they can make the playoffs at this point. They've got... In terms of total wins, they've got the third fewest wins of any team in the NBA, and they only have four more wins than the Golden State Warriors, who are the worst team in the NBA. I get that it's not a great draft. There's not a Zion sitting at the top to change your franchise, but honestly, we weren't going to learn a ton, to me, in the next few weeks about Cat and D'Angelo anyway. Oh, yeah, we were. I don't think you were. I, I mean, mean, you not, were going to learn something. I'm not going to th- we're, we're 30 games further away from finding it, sure. from finding out whatever they're going to find out than we would be were he playing. But if, in the meantime, if you can get a much better draft pick or two better draft picks as you have two first-round picks, and then you go full-on out of the gate next year, make your team better, if at I, least if at, if at least one of two factors was in play, I'd be where you're at, Phil. And one of those is that I knew I had, to borrow your parlance, the man – in Carl Anthony Towns. Or, I'm, I'm off that a little Or, or anybody else on this roster. If I knew anybody on this roster was quote-unquote the man, I'd be where you are today. Or if this was just a really good draft and I thought you can get a great franchise-changing player with a top-four pick or a top-two pick, I'd be where you're at. But the fact that there's a huge question mark 
hanging over Carl Anthony Towns' head. The one guy who wasn't a question when this season started, or seemingly wasn't a question when this season started, there's a huge question mark hanging over his head. And I don't know what you're going to get in this draft, even if you end up in the top four, which they have almost a 50% chance at this point of ending up in the top four. That's yeah. that's really damn good. But what is that going to get you? From what I understand, from people much more educated than me on the college game and the draft coming up, it ain't a great draft. So what? What? I think there's just more to gain from Carl Anthony Towns playing the rest of this season and finding out whatever we need to find out about him than there is to gain by tanking the rest of the season and getting a high draft pick. I'm more now with Rami on that point because here's the thing. Carl Anthony Towns, to me now, is in the midst of such a disappointing year, and that goes beyond the on-the-court stuff. That goes beyond, or that, that includes the petulance and whining and moaning. And, like, we went from, when the season started, it was, okay, Rosas has a definite idea of what, what he wants. The team got off to a good start, but I don't think any of us were like, this team's going to be great. But our main talking point was what? Wiggins, can you maximize him? And we sort of started the year with this assumption that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be or is a superstar player and is going to be on the rise, and now Jimmy and Tibbs are gone. And, Phil, I'm so far from there now, and I really wanted to see these last, what, 29 games, 25 games, whatever they have left starting with tonight playing Boston at Target Center. I really wanted to see D'Angelo and Carl work together to help them, to help Carl. You know, Carl is Carl's so far beyond what I assumed would be the point of, well, if he gets hurt, it's going to be fine because he's going to come back next year and be great. He's not. He hasn't been great. I'm really, I think the Wolves should be very concerned about some things they've seen. So I get your pick about, or your point about the pick, and yeah, but Phil, I don't know that if D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns played these last X amount of games together, that the Wolves would be ultra successful anyway. So I really wanted to see them play, and I really wanted him to spend the last portion of this season getting a chance to prove again that the circumstances would lift him up. It sounds like to me, if I could decode what you guys are saying here, it sounds to me like you guys wanted to see these last 30 or however many games, essentially to see if they lose and they don't look great and Carl Anthony Towns, if they don't gel well together and Carl Anthony Towns is still kind of pouting and showing the, the same bad leadership traits that we ripped him for the last two months that you would look to then move on from him in the offseason. Yes. Well, I mean, but may- that's not where the no, franchise no, may- is at. Maybe not this offseason, but I'm giving, I, I would give it one full season. One full season of the D-Low cat experiment before, before, I would make my, before I would come down with my verdict on that. But He's, that means that, the, that you mean one full season. Like, one full season from the day you acquired D'Angelo Russell. That means basically by next year's trade deadline. Oh, so I, you're saying before next year's trade I deadline. I want to know. I want to know by next year's trade deadline what, what the next course of action is going to be. Do we continue with plan A, which is Cat as the centerpiece and you build around him, or is it time for Garrison Rosas to hatch plan B? Because you I'm know saying, he has a plan B. Right, and, and, and what I'm saying is I was going to wait out all 82 games of next year anyways. You have far more patience than I do, dude. Like two months more patience, or like three maybe. Carl Anthony Towns is no longer good enough for me to think it's a good thing that he's going to miss time. I want to see every. I want him to play every opportunity he gets. I want him to have every chance to. He has to both as a, a player and from a mental standpoint as a player. He has to reconvince us that he has the ability to be who Phil for a long time we talked about him being. Mm-hmm. He really does. So this will be interesting. I, my guess is you and I are going to get a couple of write that down predictions correct, and that there's really no reason to if he come, if it's if his wrist is broken. 
and he's going to be reevaluated in weeks' time. Like mm-hmm. that gets us deep into March. The season ends middle he's of not, April. Not playing again this season. Best case scenario, the guy plays for a few games, and you're not going to learn anything. Him coming off an injury for a few games. And why would you do that at that point? Don't risk anything. So th- this is probably the end of Carl Anthony Towns' season, and. Now that this has happened, the best thing to root for, even in a weak draft, is for them to lose a bunch of games. But for oh, D'Angelo sure. Russell to look great in those losses. I mean, now that this is the reality, now that Carl Anthony, now we know it's a fractured wrist, he'll, like Judd said, probably miss the rest of the season, I'm guessing. Yeah. That being the reality, yeah, obviously at this point the best thing for him is to lose basketball games and get what lot, whatever lottery pick you're going to get. I'm just saying that in, in a perfect world, this never happens to Carl Anthony Towns. And whether you win basketball games or not, we find out about this, this, this experiment of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and what might come of it. I hate the fact that we're having a conversation about what we consider to be a superstar athlete. Now questioning that. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Is that, he the most frustrating thing in Minnesota sports right now? Because he no, is for me. He's not for me. He yet. is for me. He's I, still an unbelievable player. And what we're doing is saying... We're frustrated by the fact that he's not Tim Duncan. He's still an unbelievable asset and player, and and he's doing things on the basketball court, even with his flaws, defense, and pouting and stuff, that not a lot of guys in NBA history that size have ever done. So I almost think we've gone too far down this, he's worthless, and this feels a little bit to me like when Joe Maurer was the one taking the brunt of all the Twins' heat because he wasn't... He wasn't a power hitter, and he wasn't perfect. Like, no, he wasn't Albert Pujols. Maybe I was still spoiled. one of on your team. Maybe I was spoiled. Because I, I grew up a hardcore Chicago Bulls fan and obviously spoiled with that and all the glory of the 90s. And then I get a job in Milwaukee, and not too long after I get hired, they draft this kid named Giannis Adetokounmpo, who, like, he's... I'm a hardcore Bulls fan, but he's the reason why I took a liking to the Bucks, and not just because he's, like, a likable guy, but from day one... It was obvious to me that Giannis had that hunger. He had that desire. He had the will. I was never sure if he was going to physically grow into the freakish athlete that he is today to, to get those things that he wanted. But at least I could see that this was a guy who cared more, wanted it more, and tried harder than anybody else on that court. And once the physical part of it caught up, we saw what the results of that can be. Yeah. I came here really thinking Carl Anthony Towns was going to be the Giannis of my Minnesota experience, that yeah. this was a guy I could, I could glom onto and root for, and I, would, and I would watch him blossom into this NBA superstar. And what I very quickly realized in the year plus that I've been here is he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that heart. He doesn't have that tenacity. Maybe I'm wrong, and he'll prove that in the next year or so. But he just doesn't have that intangible that Giannis had and I could tell that he had when he came into yeah. this league. You know what I think it is? Cuz I mean you're I mean that is the difference between Giannis and Carl Anthony Towns. There you could argue that Giannis has a few more special physical traits, but Carl Anthony Towns is a better shooter right. and like I'll take Giannis's physical traits, but Towns is no slouch in that regard, but I think so much of it is how comfortable are you in your own skin at the age of 20, 21, 22? Most guys aren't. How old is Carl Anthony Towns now? He's 24 now. And how long has he been in the league? No, listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're Kobe Bryant and you enter the league and you are super comfortable in your own skin when you're 18 years old and you have the physical strengths and traits, boom, it clicks for you. If you're Giannis and you come into the league or you're LeBron and you are are just more sure of yourself and you know that 
Oh, Giannis, external crap. Giannis wasn't sure of himself when he got to this league. Giannis wasn't even comfortable. But he, but he got there at twenty twenty one. Like he figured that he figured out. I know who I am, and I need to block out any external pointless noise and criticism. I'm not going to get all in my feelings on the, social media. Like pro- he does, he never. The problem with Carl, though, now is Carl's being given basically what Carl wants, and he's still not thriving, and he's actually going backwards at times mentally. That's concerning. That's the concerning thing. That's why I just don't see an upside to him not playing. I wanted him to play. He needs to play. He needs to. He and D'Angelo Russell, for the sake of Gerson Rosas, for the sake of Ryan Saunders, need to start to mold this thing into what it should be. And if it's not, you got problems. But the most frustrating guy in, in this town, it's not Cat. It's, it's Buxton. Buxton's the most frustrating guy in this see, town. For, and it's not Buxton for me because... On some level, to some degree, that's out of Byron Buxton's control. But you haven't been through the Buxton experience. The Buxton experience I was, I can't hit. Here's a leg kick. Here's no leg kick. Oh, now I can hit, but I can't stay healthy. They, and, and the continuing saga. And plus, what Byron Buxton brings to a sport is so unique that you thirst to see it. I think the most frustrating guy in town is Kirk Cousins. Because sure, too. No, nah, I know exactly what he is. He, he doesn't frustrate me at but all. But, I mean, they're, they're all fair. You only get, you only get frustrated fair. if you expect more out of the guy than what he delivers. He delivers exactly what I expect. But you could say that about literally anybody or anything. If the gap between your expectations and reality is wide, then that's where frustration is. Yeah, the ga- there is no gap between like, expectations I- and reality for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he <laughs> is who I think he is. For, for Byron Buxton, if you expect him to play 150 games and he doesn't, you're frustrated. So don't expect that, I guess. But, um... Yeah, that's what we should. We should almost come up with like a Mount Rushmore of frustrating, frustrating Minnesota athletes. Hello, right Devin now. Dubnik. <laughs> I mean, hello, Minnesota Wild. I don't know. Hello. I don't know if I put Dubnik on that list, I think he kind of Cous- with you. Cousins and Dubes have the same thing. How could something go wrong? And it's not my fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> they just sort of slump over. Yeah. I just threw a pick. Well, Kyle didn't run <laughs> the, the right route. That that puck got tipped by Spurgeon. Didn't you see it? Um. Let's uh let's put Rami on the spot again. Here. No, oh gee, fun. All right. All right. It's a Friday fun day on Mackie and Joe with Rami. It's fun for everybody else. That's yeah, great for Rami. fun for yeah. all of us. It's a day to laugh yep. at Rami. Yes. We are here at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show Hall B inside Minneapolis Convention Center. Open until seven o'clock tonight. Uh, where the the three M open ticket giveaway is in full effect here. You can win four tickets to Arnie's cabin at this year's three M open through the Scorner and app. That's Arnold Palmer. That would be Arnold Palmer, okay, Rami. All right, correct. Good. Yep. You learn something about golf every I day at the golf show. Download the app, register, and Skin enter to win, and you get complimentary food and a full bar and access to a hospitality tent at the 3M <laughs> Open. Jonathan Harrison, if you could give us some game show music, please, that would be wonderful. There we go. This is where we put Rami's golf knowledge to the test against passerbys here at the golf show. And our contestant to face Rami in a game of closest to the pin is Jared. Welcome to the show, Jared. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. You know that Rami just found out who Arnold Palmer That's was about true, an hour Jared. ago. That's not true, Jared. It's simply not true. They're mischaracterizing <laughs> what I said, but we'll move it along. Uh, you know who Ar- Arnold Palmer is, I'm going to assume? I do. Okay. Yeah, he good. invented the lemonade iced tea drink, Yeah. in case you were sure. wondering. All right. Uh-huh. So here's how the game works. There, sorry. <laughs> the game is called Closest to the Pin. We have... Three questions. It's best two out of three. Three questions, and they have a number for an answer. And whoever gets closest to the correct answer gets the point. All right, fair enough. And again, not prices right rules. Correct. You can go, you can go over, you can go you can go over, over the number. Yep. All right, cool. And Rami's going to start here. 
because it's more hilarious. Right. Because he has no frame of reference <laughs> None for whatsoever. Where, the, where the pin is. No. All right. Let's start with this one. How much money has John Daly earned in his oh, career damn. playing golf? Can you recap for me what Tiger and Phil Mickelson earned? Sure. Uh, from the question in hour one. Tiger Woods some perspective. earned $120 million in his career. Okay. Phil Mickelson has earned $91 million. All right. How much money has John Daly earned in his career playing he can't golf? Be, he can't be on the same level than either of those two guys because he, he drank too much to be as successful as I mean, those he, two guys. He won. He won. He won, he won. I know he won. And wore funny pants. I know that much about golf. I'm going to say $71 million. Okay. Jared. I'm going to go with $15 million. Yeah, Jared just put one about two feet from the pin there. Wow. It's, it's $10 million. Wow. See, you misled John me. Daly. That you should have won so much that more. Was, that was misleading right there. In what way? Because I, I started comparing it to what Phil and Tiger won. That's, and, it's on you. And, and you went, ah, yeah, he, he won. He won plenty. All right. That's on you, Okay, man. fine. I'm just saying, Alex Trebek would never do that. <laughs> a game show host. I almost just made a really tasteless joke a game, there about a Alex game Trebek, show host with integrity is... and dignity would never do what you just did. But carry on. Sir. I'm going to give you a chance. I think this next John Daly question is more up your alley. Okay. Jared takes a one to nothing lead. All right. Here, okay. Okay. According to an article on GolfChannel.com, John Daly estimates that he has lost how much money gambling oh. in his life? <laughs> oh, boy. It's not funny. Now, not. you said he won how much? He won in his career? $10 million. I'm going to say he's lost $7 million of it gambling. Jared. I think I'm going to go with 15 again. $15 million. He's lost more than he's made? That would be impressive. Jared is closest to the pin again. Nice Are you work. kidding and, me? And here's the thing, okay? You're nice both not work. even on the green. Whoa. John, again, this is what John Daly estimates okay. he has lost in gambling, according to this article. $55 million. That can't be true. That can't be true. That simply can't be true. <laughs> What's Barkley lost? Like, didn't he say like $200 million or Yeah. Something like like that? Bar- Barkley's above that. <laughs> but Barkley also has made hundreds of oh, millions sure. of dollars. I'm just impressed lose. anyone can lose that how, much money gambling. How much in the gambling. hole is John Daly? Well, he's also had endorsement money, and I'm sure he's invested some of this, so he's probably... Yeah, he's probably yeah, compounded. Think about how, how how much he spent on booze and smokes. Yeah, really. How that's does he have anything too. left? Yeah, yeah. That man can smoke. So good for John Daly grinding that uh-huh. championship. So Jared, you good are the winner Jared. here on closest to the pin. Congrats, if you'd like Jared. to thank anybody for getting you to this point in your life, you have a microphone right now. Just thank so. me for being a dumbass. Yeah, I was going to thank yeah. Rami. Appreciate very it. much for you're welcome. I don't. He's a victory. There. I don't really think that that exposed. Rami's lack of golf knowledge since it had to do with gambling, basically, and uh, I, I don't blame you. You want to give me the third one? It, it, well, we, have... Have, we actually have another one. If anybody else, sir, would you like to take a shot at Rami in this next one? All right. Let's do, let's do cool. another one. Let's here. keep John, embarrassing fire, me. Fire All right. Fire it up, baby. Oh. Here we go. Uh, right. <laughs> by the way, Jared wins a, uh, a round of golf for four at Troy Byrne. There you go, Jared. You're welcome, We buddy. also have Second Swing giving us putters to give away here. So what is your name, sir? My name is Dave. Your name is Dave. Yes. All right. So Dave and Rami here, closest to the pin. Are you confident? How do you feel right oh, now? You, what's your confident. golf now? Yeah, you should level? be. About the same as his. Okay. Yeah. How much do you know about John Daly's gambling habits? Is really a- <laughs> I read a lot about that, actually, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> so, all right. So, Dave versus Rami, closest to the pin. We'll start with this one. Jack Nicklaus won his first major in 1962, the U.S. Open. How much money did Jack Nicklaus earn by winning that tournament, Rami? Give me the question again. A Chris Bryant rumor came across my timeline, and I was quickly, I was very, very distracted <laughs> for a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the, the details of the, the, net, the offer, 
or what they want from the Nationals for Chris Bryant was revealed today. But carry on. What was the question? Jack Nicholas. Well, what do they want from the Nationals? Uh, it's just uh, loading right now on my very slow internet. Nats are giving up top prospect Carter Keyboom. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Cubs wanted either Robles or right. Uh, I don't I can't even read this tweet. Cubs wanted either Robles or some combination of right handed pitcher Rutledge, shortstop Garcia, okay. and Keyboom. Not an unreasonable ask, but considering the price and potential, ultimately decided no. Keyboom is John a great Hammond. baseball name. It's a great yeah, baseball it is name. Great name. Automatically in the top. I'm sure five. he's not as good as Chris Bryant, but great baseball name. Yeah, so yeah, have fun with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's the first question. Jack Nicholas won his first major in 1962, the U.S. Open in mm-hmm. 1962. Mm-hmm. How much money did Jack Nicholas earn by winning that tournament? In 1962. Yep. Closest to the pin, Rami versus Dave. $25,000. Dave? $150,000. Rami knows his. There we go. There we go. Tournament All right. numbers on the roll. $17,500. Here we go. Nicholas. Two's a roll, Rami. There we go. Just let me have this. One, I'm on a roll now. One's a good guess. Two's <laughs> a roll. Let me have this. I'm on a roll. All right, Dave. All right. You're down one to nothing. Here. I am. Here's the second question. Taking Dave down. Tony Romo has played a PGA Tour event or two. What is Tony Romo's career low round? How many strokes? What did he shoot in his low round? <laughs> uh, I have to ask this question to give an educated guess. A round is just what it's 18 holes, right? I'm not going to answer that question. Wow. <laughs> Okay, we got to he, he loses. Is it fair? That's I don't, so I don't devious. Know, I don't have to answer that question. Because <laughs> uh, a tournament, that, that's like four rounds, from what I understand. A oh, tournament right. is four times Can I go through the course. I'm going to say a round is 18 holes, and I'm going to say he's a pretty good golfer. How many strokes in the round? Was that the question? Yep. Uh, carry the four. I don't know, 124? 124? Dave. Guess anything, Dave. 68. 70 is the correct All answer, right. yes. Okay. Where did you get 124? I don't know. <laughs> he's, now, he's now got the Chris Bryant trade Yeah, back to the Chris Bryant rumors now. <laughs> you know what, Jonathan? I have enough people laughing at me in person out here. I don't need you laughing at me back in the studio. That's something I don't need. Dude, I tried. Right. To, I tried to defend you you're on that stuff. You're not helping either, Judd. Don't don't try I, and pretend you're here to help. Like, you know, like on the I Discovery Channel, how they have they had the, like the the British I voice guy who is. narrates when yeah. an animal goes into an environment yeah. that he's not. Oh. Mm-hmm. And here's Rami walking into the Choice Bank no. Minnesota Golf Show. This clearly he's needs picking up a pole. This oh, needs I... Keith Morrison because you just murdered the sport of golf. I don't like you guys. All right, twenty-four and eighteen holes. Yeah, I, yeah, we get it, Jonathan. That's what I said. All right. So somehow, miraculously, Rami has a point and Dave has a point, and this is. This is the rubber match right here, okay? Mm-hmm. Closest to the pin. Mm-hmm. Dave, it would be awfully embarrassing at this point. I can't go over for the day. This is the fourth <laughs> game I've played. I can't, Dave, I like you. You seem like a nice guy. I want you to win prizes. I can't go over for the day. Let's go. Here oh, we go. Just wait. All right. What year did the PGA Championship start? What was the first year of the PGA oh, Championship? Rami, you go first because it's hilarious. I think this is a recent development. I want to say this is a recent development that they have... A tournament called the PGA Championship, right? It's like, a, no, Judd is shaking his head no. no. I'm just shaking my head no with um, the whole thing. I'm not going to give you any advice. Yeah, no. Two, 
two, oh, geez, 2008. I'm going to go with 2008 PGA Championship. Dave? I'm going to say 1970. Price is right strategy in full effect here. 1916 is the correct answer, which means Dave <laughs> is not, the winner here. It was on closest to the pin. It's not a recent development. That is not a recent Considering they were driving Model My Ts apologies. to the course, no, it's not a recent All right. development. Okay. Dave, congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, Dave. Appreciate congratulations. you coming over here. Uh, Ross Brendel over there in the white shirt. The well, charming How'd you man. get one right, Rami? Can take the mic from. I don't you. know, Jen. How, that's a remarkable. You got one right. I don't remember which one I got. For a right. second, I thought Dave might lose. What did I get right? Do you remember, Mackie? What did I get right? I don't even remember. Which one was it that I yeah. got right? Uh, yeah, which one did you, you get right? You got the Jack Nicholas winning seventeen thousand. Oh yeah, that's right. First yeah. Ever total shot in the dark, Jed. That's the answer to your yeah. question of how I did it. <laughs> oh. Total complete shot in the dark. We're back here in just a minute at the. Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. But let's talk about TCL TVs for a brief moment here. Not only does TCL have the best picture quality you're going to find, especially for the price, it's got the most connected options when it comes to uh, streaming. you got 5,000 streaming channels. You also have the new TCL soundbar available inside Target. It's so simple to set up, and in a matter of minutes, you got a home theater. You got the TCL TV. You got the TCL Alto Soundbar. Go hear it for yourself. The first time I heard the Alto Soundbar was at uh, Target, I believe, in Roseville. And the sound was amazing. With available wireless subwoofers, the TCL Alto Soundbar provides precision playback for any TV, not just TCL TVs, but probably works better with a TCL TV. And uh, music for your smartphones, tablets, laptops. You can connect it to the TCL Alto Soundbar. TCLUSA.com to find out more about America's fastest growing TV brand and to find out more about the TCL Alto Soundbar. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back out to the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show in just one moment. But first, win four tickets to Arnie's Cabinet this year's 3M Open through the Score North app. Download the app, register your app, and enter to win. Tickets include tournament admission. For Thursday, July 23rd, access to a climate-controlled hospitality tent near the 18th Green and complimentary food and full bar. For tickets to this year's 3M Open, visit 3MOpen.com. Boys, I know you're all excited that we get our first Twins spring training game tomorrow. Have you heard the sound of a Royce Lewis leadoff double? Oh, we're glad that you're doing this. (laughs) You ready for this? Here it is. That's what it sounds like. Oh, play like. it again. Baseball's can you, can back. Can you play it again? I can't. Give me one second. Here okay. we go. Oh, yeah. There. Inject that into our veins right now. Amen to that. Oh, just one more time. Just one, one more, more time. time. All right. One second. Oh. You know what's funny about right that? there. You know what's funny? That's really, really cool, but you can tell it's not a home run. Because, like, when you get the home run, you get the it's, – it's – Crisper somehow. Yeah. You can also kind of tell it's spring training, like not uh, the like not perfect contact. No, I just mean like the the quality of the sound. Was that off somebody's phone? I was thinking that was off Derek Webmore's off Derek phone because that's phone. from the Score okay. North. Taking a bit account, of a shot. Twitter right. No, no, I'm just saying it wasn't, I was trying to. It wasn't the regular. It, it, you know, it's spring training, and the, the the it's a spring training setup as far as the the media technology goes and everything just, we have in place. You don't like Wetmore's phone. You just went in for a, a sixty minute well, I mean, Swedish massage and came out and you were like, oh, you he spent, does spent a little too much time on my calves. Wetmore does have an Android. You're upset and by let's the be sound real. of this. The guy has a Samsung. That's what a home run sounds like on a Samsung. <laughs> That's double. 
if that was on an iPhone, it's a double. that was a leadoff double. Sounding much better. That's, That's a like double. A, I could tell that was a double. That's your score north double. Now back to you guys. Based on the, Thanks, John. the weak sound of that contact, how does it alter your feeling about Royce Lewis, the potential <laughs> franchise player? You know what? Six five one six. I'd trade him with Towns. I'd package him with Towns tomorrow if I could. Amazing. Uh, gentlemen, let's continue our Friday fun day here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the 30th annual Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. If we could queue up some of our favorite music, Jonathan Harrison, because it is time for Ask Mackie and Judd with Rami anything. <laughs> Literally anything. Tweet at us, at Phil Mackie, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. And we're going to start with this one from Terry on Twitter. You have the chance to go out for drinks with either Jose Altuve, Carlos Beltran, or Rob Manfred. While they are in the restroom, you have the opportunity to drop truth serum in their beverage of choice to find out the real story of the cheating scandal. Would you like to hear it from the perspective of Altuve, Beltran, or Manfred? This one's easy. Manfred. Manfred. Because really? he, know, he yeah. knows where all the bodies yes. are. Altuve doesn't. Also, I want to know, know his involvement in the cover-up. When yeah, he knew, like, yeah, what he knew, right. to go. I want all that. I don't. I don't just want what the, Ast- the knuckles, I don't just want what the Astros yeah. were doing and the inside info from there. I want to know how high up this conspiracy goes because okay. I think it goes all the way up to the commissioner's office. And I, you know, listen. I want to know all those things too, but I need to know about the buzzers. I need to know. Manfred knows about what, those too. Does he though? Yes. Oh yeah. oh yeah, he knows a lot more than what he's telling us. Dude, he went up at a podium last week and said. Yeah, we were investigating all this stuff in real time. You're going as, so cynical, as the Robbie. accusations were coming in. He's, he said that last week this to is our faces. Is and this again, a tear to your eye, that means yes. you're either terrible at your job or you're lying to our collective face. That's what that means, Rob Manfred. One of those two things are true. <laughs> you're cynical and flight. You clown. I'm so happy. You clown. This, I've been trying to get him here for since the day he started. Not, I, look. I'm not naive. All right, I see what's in front of me, Judd. That doesn't mean that I won't continue to look for the silver lining and give people the benefit of the doubt. I feel like you're a lot crustier now than you were when you joined us. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit. You also yeah. spend a lot of time around Judd. That's true. So yeah, that's true. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> He's tearing up. I'm so proud. He's tearing up right now. All right, uh, next question here. Ask Mackie and Judd with Rami. People tweeting their questions in here. So Chad on Twitter has. It's a similar question, but he sort of tweaks it for all three of us. And we'll start with we'll start with the Rami version of the question. <laughs> you can spend and have a meal with three actors or comedians, dead or alive. Oh, which three are you picking, Rami, who is a stand-up comedian? Chappelle is on there because he's probably the goat. Hmm. Got to put Seinfeld on there, right? And I. Or do I go Larry David? Or do I go both? Wow. Do I go both Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld? You're not Seinfeld? taking a dead person? I don't, I don't know if I'm taking a dead person. The problem is if you go both Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, they would spend the entire dinner talking about the dinner and how like, True. Certain, certain things One of them are. is, you know what, I'm going to take Larry David. Seinfeld is out. So it's Chappelle. Curb is so good right now, it's, by the way. It's so good. It's amazing. I, I got I to get it out. I caught up on it last night. Oh, Chappelle, Larry David. And you know what? You, you got to invite the Godfather and Richard Pryor. You got to you got to oh, invite wow. Richard okay. Pryor, right? Can I ask you one? Just to pick his brain, Carson. Johnny Carson was amazing. Like, but, but because of the era he symbolizes and what he did, yeah, I'd be so interested to hear. Because I mean, that show that he he used to do what it, it was 
it maxed out at an hour and a half, or was it two hours? Was at it one that point? long at one point? It was at least ninety minutes at one point. Yeah, he changed the game, dude. And he he was the first guy that I can remember. And like Seinfeld, and those guys all see him as oh yeah, for sure. At God, dude, when 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 Johnny Carson was at the height of his powers, it would literally change your life overnight to do a spot on the Tonight Show, especially if he invited you over to the couch. That was like a big thing. The comedian would look over at the end of their set to Johnny Carson, and if he waved you over to the couch, it was like the seal of approval. That was like that was like getting knighted by the king. And if you got that, it changed your career overnight. Like you went from being just some guy working comedy clubs to being a nationally known comic, making life-changing money, getting life-changing gigs, getting movie roles. Like Johnny Carson was a kingmaker. In his heyday. It was crazy the power that he had just by waving somebody over to the couch after they did five minutes of stand-up. What about Carrot Top? Eh, you know what? I was just talking to Carrot Top about somebody the other day. First of all, he is funny. I'm not even going to lie. The dude, the dude <laughs> makes me laugh from time to time. And I've talked to numerous comics, countless comics, who have worked with Carrot Top on various occasions. Great dude, by all accounts. Really, really nice guy, by all accounts. Hmm. Who helped his career more with performance-enhancing drugs? Barry Bonds or Carrot Top? Dude, Carrot Top is jacked. Yeah. Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> you remember when Joe Piscopo got big? Yes. That was weird. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're not a baseball player. By the way, wasn't Joe Piscopo, wasn't he the villain in that weird Chuck Norris movie from the uh, mid-90s? Might have been. Getting, so. in, getting in shape and being good-looking, not good for a comedy career. No. It's really not. No. People can't. People Doughy can't relate. And fat is the way to go. I, I once told a comic, I was like, because right. he was like, he had perfect hair and perfect, perfect facial hair, and he's like a really good-looking dude. And I was like, after his set, I was like, dude, you got to tone that down. It, You're just way yeah. too good-looking. It, it does work in some instances. Like Anthony Jeselnik is a is he's not like jacked, but like he's a he's a slim, good-looking guy. But he tells evil jokes. Yes. If you're going to be good-looking and you're going to be spelt, do you guys know who Kumail Nanjiani is? He's, so. he's a comedian. Uh, in, I don't know if he's Indian or Pakistani. That's a little racist of me. Regardless, he just got a role in a Marvel movie. I think it's the Eternals. So he's getting all into superhero shape. And he went from being, like, you know, your typical scrawny comic who has just trying to make enough money to earn a meal probably the first 20 years now of his career jacked. to now this huge jacked guy. <laughs> and he even said, he was like, I wouldn't be funny anymore if not for my voice. Like, nobody could take me seriously yeah. because of my voice. Yeah. Even though I look like a superhero, I still have this voice. So you have to have something about you that people can, like, make fun who's of lo- if you're going to be a comedian. lost weight as a comedian, got into really good shape, and not had their career I fall can't think off of because one. of it? Like, if you are in shape and start, I'm sure you're fine. But, yeah, like, Piscopo got all jacked up. He was huge, and it's like, sort of went off the grid. Can't yeah. think of one. Yeah. Uh, so, similar question here. Ask Mackie and Judd with Rami. Chad tweaks it this way for Judd. You can have a meal with any three sports writers or sports announcers, dead or alive. Oh, that is a good one. Uh, I'm going to mix in a little Red Smith for sure from the Times because Red Smith, Jim Murray, all, all those guys are legends. But I'll go, I'll go Red Smith. I will. Gr- you realize that like automatically now you have to you have to invite three guys who chain smoke. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm all with the smoking thing. Yeah, smoking and drinking is just fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, this goes. A little bit outside the scope of sports, although he did write a book on the Mets. Jimmy Breslin, okay. the legendary New York columnist, again hard drinker, mm-hmm. hard liver, the brown stuff. And then I got, and then I got to get, uh, I got to get an, a legendary announcer in the mix too. 
Finn Scully's such a nice guy, but I'm afraid it'd be a little boring. I, I want somebody who lived a... Um, how about, just off the top of my head, how about... Uh, who would be a great... You know what? Ray Scott. The legendary Ray Scott. He did the Twins back in the 60s. Royce's always said he was one of the greatest Twins announcers of all time. He's the guy that did the Packers. That's a tough one. But I'll, I'll say those three because I want the old school stories. I want the old school when when things were grimy and gritty. Okay. And then he tweaks it this way, Chad does for me, musicians dead or alive. And I am going straight to the yacht rock genre. Of course you are. And I'm picking three classic yacht rockers from the late 70s and early 80s. Michael McDonald. All very Michael much McDonald, alive Michael McDonald. Well. <laughs> Michael McDonald, who I have met, I have spoken with him in person before. If no Beatles are on your list, I don't know that we can talk They're anymore. not yacht rockers. Oh, there's no way. Uh, Michael no McDonald. Understand who Kenny you are Loggins as a person. and Christopher Cross, and it'll oh be a my God. smooth sailing. Give dinner. me, give me the voices then, like as you're talking to them, because you got Michael's got the the voice. Well, Michael would just be chiming in, sort of like sprinkling his voice in once in a while. Like Judd would order, you know, maybe some calamari appetizers, and Michael McDonald over the, over the top says, "Mix your sauce with that." <laughs> I need that louder, by the way. Yeah. Such a long way to go. <laughs> no, give us the first line. Michael, how much time is left in? Oh, oh. It's some extra sauces with that. <laughs> Something like that. I love the Michael McDonald stuff. It never fails to crack me up. All right, next question. Ask Mackie and Judd with Rami. This one comes from Twitter as well. Would you rather live permanently, permanently, permanently live? Not an option to move. In a zoo or a roller coaster park? This isn't even close for me. <laughs> This is not even close for me. And it's going to surprise you it's because not close of, for me too, because of my fear of heights. But I'm going to live in the roller coaster no. park. I'm oh going to live in the roller God. coaster park all day for a few reasons. I hate roller coasters. One, the smell in a zoo. I can't live I can't live in that. It doesn't smell everywhere. It smells everywhere in a zoo. Okay. You I can't even the roller coaster park smells good. The I garbage is I, I can't even eat at the zoo. I cannot eat at the zoo. I feel like I'm eating in a bathroom. A roller coaster park is a zoo for children, okay? Like, they're all zoos. And also, I just just feel bad for the animals. I don't like animals in captivity. I don't like seeing animals in captivity. I don't want to be around animals in captivity. It makes me sad. makes me sad seeing it. That's not not how they're supposed to live. You'd rather the tigers be roaming free around, like, cul-de-sacs? No, I'd rather be roaming free where tigers live. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I would prefer. I would prefer we would just leave tigers the hell alone and stop torturing animals simply for our amusement. That, that's what I would like. Zoos are kind of weird in that regard. Like, oh, let's just go let's just go make eye contact with a zebra. Zoos and circuses should just be banned and outlawed. There's no reason we should be keeping animals in captivity. It makes no sense whatsoever. I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm the zoo because I like animals, even though they are in captivity. I like animals. Do I really have to spend my time on animals? I hate roller coasters. And I'm not much for zoos. <laughs> I guess I would take the zoo because I'm more interested in animals. And roller coaster parks just, there's nothing there. It sounds like Jonathan. I heard Jonathan just worked, make a noise there. I've worked at a roller coaster park. Yeah, so which, I worked uh, security, which one you so I had overnight access to the place. You definitely want to take the roller coaster park because there's so much more you can do overnight that you also, can't do Jonathan, during the day. Corn dogs. Yeah, corn dogs. Come See? on. Yeah. That's right, Jonathan snuck Vikings players in, <laughs> snuck them in to allow them on the on the ride. No, I did not. After hours, I did not put my job Phil in jeopardy Lode, for that. Phil Lodeholt snuck in, dude. Okay, no, 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 no. If you were on he a ride to. and Phil Lodeholt sat next to you, how he wanted to go on Power you? Tower. Let's put that. Let's make it that clear. He dude, wanted to go on Power Tower. Power Tower would get. I am not getting on a ride with Phil Lodeholt, man. Like, can the power tower ascend break the ride. to its right, to its proper place with a guy that big yeah, on it? I ain't finding out. 
Although it is it is fun at Roller Coaster Park to sit next to kids and to whisper things like, "Oh my God, I don't think it's supposed to sound like this. We need to get off the ride." No, no one else ever does that. Not no, because no, okay. no, that would scare me. Okay. There was a day I believe Adrian Peterson came to the park, and everybody was following him around because it's Adrian Peterson, and he played you know like the the game where you take the gun and you shoot it at like bottles that are standing up. Yep. He took the gun and put it like pulled it forward or pushed it forward so like to get as far to get as close to the gun or the the target as possible and it, the chain snapped and he didn't even try to do it. Oh, cause he's so strong. Yeah, just and he's like, "Oh, uh, what do I do here?" Yeah. Here's another question for you guys. All right. This is from uh, this is Ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, this is from you, Vike. That if you could relive any sports game. And change the outcome at the end of any sports game, what would they be? So if you could relive one, and then you could oh, I like change that. the outcome of one, what would they be? This might surprise you. You might think it's the Bartman game, right? But the Bartman game for me, like, like I'm not letting Bartman off the hook. He definitely shares some blame. I don't think he deserves what he got, but shouldn't have done what he did. But that was just one domino of a lot that had to fall for the Cubs to lose that. So even if I change the Bartman aspect... Of that game, we we still don't know. They could they could still lose. If I can only change one thing about the game, it might not even change the outcome. For in all likelihood, the Bulls in 1995, after Michael Jordan retired, were robbed in the Eastern Conference Finals against the New York Knicks on a phantom foul call. Scottie Pippen on Allen Houston. Watch the replay over and over and well, over. They again. beat the Rockets. Scottie never touched them. I would have just liked to seen them get a chance to beat the Rockets. Because they deserved it. I don't know that the Cubs deserved anything. Because, again, a lot of things had to go wrong, and it was, a lot of it was their fault after the Bartman incident. But I felt like Scotty and the Bulls deserved that that year to go to the finals, if not for that phantom foul call. How bad was the NBA back then, by the way, the product? Yeah, Those Rockets years were all... And when you took Michael Jordan out of it, yeah. it just became... Um, I think I have to go with the obvious one just because the team was so good. Gary Anderson makes the kick. You, you go up by 10... That team goes to the Super Bowl, and I know that they had injury concerns, but they still have a very good chance. I mean, this sounds simple, but 98 and 2009, right, Vikings? Both of those teams go to the Super Bowl. They're pretty doggone good teams. They've got chances. That 2009 team could have won. Like, there is nothing. Favre would have had the week off. Yes, his leg was beat to hell, but that team was in pretty good shape. So I think those two are the – they're obvious, but – I think if Gary makes the kick and Favre doesn't throw the pass, the Vikings have at least one, probably not two, but they have one Super Bowl title. So. Yeah, so for, for me, it is definitely the 9 NFC Championship game just because I, I know they would have won the Super Bowl. They would have won Colts. the Super Bowl. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the 98 team was just ravaged with injuries and who knows. We think, but like we had Terrell Davis on the show and he flat out, we, we asked him and he flat out told us, nah, you guys would have, <laughs> we would have beat that decimated Vikings team. So that's Ask Mackie and Jeb with Rami. You can submit questions. I love that last question. That's a great question. Yeah. The ones we didn't get to, like we didn't get to this one. How many movies have you cried at in your life? Can't even count. I guess we did just get to that one. I'm a crier. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life every year. Every Christmas. Yeah. I I cry uh, pretty easily, especially at... Toy Story 3. Like stuff that like tugs at your childhood. Avengers, Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Uh, Thank you for everyone (laughs) listening to us here at the 30th annual Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Open till 7 tonight. 
9 a.m. to 7 tomorrow and 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. Maggie and Jeb with Rami available on demand on the Score North app. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.